from New York City. The Comedy Cellar and Rethink Production present Live from America Podcast. We will make America great again. How about new, you crazy Dutch bastard? Live from America Podcast. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Just so you understand. We can't be the stupid country anymore. Live from America podcast. I believe we can keep the promise of our founding. The idea that if you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you look like or where you love. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Native American or young or old or rich or poor, able, disabled, gay or straight. You can make it here in America if you're willing to try. It's just words, folks. It's just words. This is Live from America Podcast with Noam Dorman and Haddon Gab. Okay, good evening and welcome to Live from America Podcast. And um, tonight we're going to share a very important story, the story of Mr. Roberto Bernstein. And um, Mr. Noam actually is the one that found the story for us. Noam, why did that story specifically caught your attention? Well, I, well, I think we should let him tell it. It was, it was in the Wall Street Journal. It was, yeah. you know, it just that uh, it was a case of a guy who was deported and um, he has American... And, uh, what's that? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, what? Well, I think we should let the guy tell the story, but it was, I was just outraged by the idea that this guy was asked to leave his family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it seemed to run counter to what it was that uh, uh, Trump had indicated would be his policy in terms of deportations of illegals. Okay, perfect. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many people are getting deported these days. But let me introduce our guests uh, first. We uh, have Ms. Terry Faiz, uh, the return of Terry Faiz, and she's a linguist. She worked for the Department of Defense for a, wa- a long time, and she's Afghani-American. Yes, Welcome back, Afghani-American, yeah. Afghani is actually the currency. <laughs> the money? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's not Afghan used for American. anything else? <laughs> like, it's not a word used to describe anything no. else? So it's only the money. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh. Yeah. And Mr. Stephen Calabria, a uh, reporter and booker for uh, the podcast as well. Welcome back. Thanks a lot. For having yeah. And uh, should we uh, call the lawyer? Uh, let me give you a quick, uh, you know, for everybody, a quick sum up for the story. So uh, Mr. Roberto, he moved here in 1998 illegally and uh, he came through the border. But back then you were able to do some paperwork like driver license social security and all that so he did the rest of the stuff legally and he was um, able to uh, open a restaurant in indiana and he's been working for 20 years and he got married to american citizen have five kids and then he was going to renew some of his paperwork and then he got arrested and uh, deported for for no reason obviously um, and the one thing that all the media is caring about right now is like that his wife voted for Trump and they're just trying to make it, the connection to that which I don't think it's uh, important I don't think Trump himself uh, deported him but um, but we'll see uh, so we are gonna call uh, right now Mr. Adam M. Ansari he's a managing partner as Ansari and Shapiro LLC and he's been a uh, uh, the official spokesman on behalf of Mr. Roberto's family since being detained in February 6, 2017. Um, here we go. So until we get him in the phone, um, we'll see. He's not. You have reached Ansar. Uh, this is his voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. 
looks like a prank show. Hey, Mr. Ansari, how are you? This is Hatem from uh, Live from America podcast. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Uh, I'm here in the studio with uh, my Ooh. co-host Noam Dorman and also our guest Stephen Calabria and Terry Fires. How are you doing? I'm doing well today. How are you? Very good. So uh, we introduce you to the uh, audience right now. And uh, uh, can you, and we, we uh, set a quick, you know, sum up for the story of Mr. Roberto. Can you give us... Um, just your version of it sure um so you know i represent roberto barristan and i gotta preface that i'm not an immigration attorney the reason how i got involved is i'm originally from south bend indiana where the barristan family is from um we had mutual acquaintances and i got a call and right then and there i realized that something something was amiss here um and he was, and I'm jumping around a little bit, but Mr. Barrison was checking into ICE immigration offices like I know a lot of people do for the past several years. Um, this year, though, he walked into an ICE immigration office for his annual check-in, um, and these annual check-ins are pretty routine. Um, at least they were prior to this year. Um, they essentially are, are just interviews about whether there's been any criminal history, how's how the business doing, whether he's being a sort of a productive American citizen. And so he walked into his this year and was immediately detained um, because of the new immigration enforcement policies of this administration, he became a priority. Um, and by priority, he was really kind of just a low hanging fruit. So, since that time, uh, we've, me and other attorneys around the country have been fighting to, well, at first to keep him in this country, and then now we're fighting to bring him back into the country. Okay, and did he commit any crimes or anything like that? Like, what was the reason they, uh, they detained oh, him? No, he's, he's never actually committed, like, a criminal crime. What this all dates back to is in the year 2000, him and his then fiance, future wife, um, were were really trying to take a family vacation to Niagara Falls. And, and you guys may know this a little bit better than me. Um, so when he was going to when he was going to Niagara Falls, he, they wanted to always stay on the Buffalo side, but they essentially missed their exit and kept on going to Canada. When they kept on going to Canada, they, you know, they left the United States across what's called the Rainbow Bridge, and hopefully your viewers or listeners know this a little bit better than me, but they, he couldn't, you know, there's no opportunity to sort of turn around. So they left the United States, got to Canada, uh, and then Canadian officials turned him around, and he came back to the United States. And when Canadian, when sort of U.S. officials saw that, they thought it was suspicious. Uh, realized he was, didn't have proper documentation and then detained him for two weeks. Can I interrupt yeah. you just there for one second? Because it doesn't sound right to me. So you can miss your exit and find yourself in another country? So if you've been driving to, have you ever, have you ever driven to Canada? Have you ever driven to Windsor? Yeah. You, you actually you, go you, through. You when I've gone to Canada, they stop you at the border and they don't let you in unless you Unless they're ready to take you, yeah, at the Canadian time. No, that's correct. No, but they don't. But they don't let you through the border, unless they let you through the border. And if they won't let you through the border, they turn you right around. Then you go back from where you came. 
You don't get to enter yeah. the country by accident. I, I, listen, so I'm not. I, I think believe me, a, I'm, I'm like I. I, 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 I want. I, I want. I wanted you on this show because I'm totally on your side. But I gotta say, what doesn't sound right. He, if he left, if he found himself in Canada, sounds to me like somebody no, had to stand. He didn't find himself in Canada. He approached Canadian officials. When the Canadian officials realized that he wasn't documented, the Canadian officials actually did what was the right thing. They said, "Hey, you don't have proper paperwork. We're going to let you with." for entry into Canada and then they sent him back to America. So they so they did let him in. Are you saying? talking about Canada or America? Canada. Canada, Canada they, they when you let somebody in it's it's really just you cross the border. He talked to officials. The officials then did said no, we're not letting you go past Right. Sort of the you know right, the, the gates there. All right, I, I won't dwell on it, but you, I mean, I mean, you you are sure. I mean, you weren't there. You're sure that these are, this is correct. What you're saying? Back at the door, you know, knocked at the door, and Canadians said, "No, we're not letting you into our country." And then he turned around. Okay. But once you pass, a, once you pass a certain place on that bridge, you're technically in Canada. Okay. So then, what happened after that? Guy, we want to so when he was turned around and got back to U- the U.S. side, American officials, you know, thought it was weird why Canadian officials turned him around mm-hmm. and realized that he didn't have documents and detained him at that time. So it was then after he was held for about two weeks, and it sounds like he didn't really have adequate counsel and immigration officials sort of told the immigration judge um, an improper classification, mm. and he entered into what's called a voluntary departure order. Mm-hmm. You, if, if he was represented properly, and if he, and if really, if immigration INS told the judge his proper classification, he wouldn't have had that ability to get into that order. But you know, the facts remain that he did get into a voluntary departure order, which said he needs to leave the country within 60 days. He didn't leave the country within 60 days. His, you know, his wife was pregnant with their first child. She was having a little bit of complications. And he actually did what I would have done. I wouldn't leave my pregnant wife either. Um, so when he didn't leave his pregnant wife, uh, after 60 days, that turned into a final order of removal. And in, bear in mind, that was the year 2000. So okay, there's okay. been no enforcement. Can I can I stop you there for a second? So he's married to an American citizen. Correct. She was yeah. an American citizen at the time they were married. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Right when right when they yeah. when they were married, so, so she was why, an American citizen. So why didn't he apply for uh, a green card uh, based on the fact that he's so married he to did. an American? So he, so he did, and everything always relates back to that 2000 order. Okay. It's essentially because. Whenever they would apply for green cards, he would always be stopped. So, you know, there would always be there would always be something wrong. It would all trace back to that order in two thousand. Okay. Did he have an immigration attorney? Yeah, he's had several. But you but you're handling him, and you're not an immigration attorney. Because because no, my, so my my understanding of the law is that once you're married to an American, it's pretty much pro forma. You're allowed to stay because you're married to an American. That's not the case. No, I mean, if you have a voluntary departure order, which is then a final order of removal, no, that's not how it goes. 
And and by the way, there are there's actually seven to let's see about eight immigration attorneys around the country that are working on this matter. I'm not an immigration attorney. I'm speaking as their spokesperson, and I'm speaking to you because of just sort of the heinousness of the situation. But there's much more competent counsel on the immigration side, and we still have pending motions in the. Hold on, we lost yeah. you again. Been able to oh. get into that order in 2000. Uh huh. Okay. So, uh, do you think that um, you know this is uh, what happened is illegal according to immigration law? What happened to him? So, what happened? I'm, I'm not saying anything that's happened since the year 2000. I'm not, and I'm not saying what happened most recently is illegal. What I'm saying is that. If he was properly classified in the year 2000, he would have never had the opportunity to even get into that voluntary departure order. Okay. It's like, think about it if you, if you have a foundation of a house and you know you build the entire thing up and you build four stories, but the foundation is, is, is rickety. Uh-huh. If that foundation isn't right, then everything on top of it, you know, collapses. Even this, you know, floors one through five were built relatively well. The foundation from uh-huh. which this case is based upon is faulty. So is is he? Uh, what happened to him? Is he uh, deport? Did he get deported already? Or yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, what two Tuesdays ago. It was April. Um, because he recently got deported. It was about two weeks there. ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago on a Tuesday night. Okay, and wh- where are you standing now in the case? So we're exactly where we were when he was removed from the country. Uh-huh. Um, we had we actually had a lot of pending motions throughout the country. We had pending motions in New York and Batavia, New York, where that original motion was, um, where that original order was entered. We had a habeas corpus in New Mexico. We had another motion to stay in uh, Texas, and we had further green card applications in Chicago. ICE, knowing full well that we had a a legitimate argument, and and they're going to argue that it's not legitimate, but that's an issue for the court. Them knowing that we had all of this outstanding in the dead of the night, while they were telling us as the attorneys, you know, eight of us, they were telling us, oh, yes, nothing will happen until Wednesday morning. We weren't being told the accurate truth. He was actually rushed to the border and dropped off at the border. Oh, wow. We still have pending motions is, is what's going on right now. And so our hope is that an immigration judge is going to look at these motions, understand that he shouldn't have ever been in this situation in the first place, and bring him back to this country. And then we'll file a new green card application. And exactly like you said, it's almost automatic at that point. Okay. So, so you, don't, you don't expect, you expect this to be resolved? You can't expect anything anymore these well, days. Well, where would you put the odds at? I, I couldn't even tell you. It, 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 everything is up to an immigration judge. You, he'll look at the facts and hopefully he, and, and what we're hoping for is he, he bases his, he or she bases their decision on the merits of the case. We think we have a very meritorious uh, you know, motion and a case. And to be quite frank, um, when you compare our motions to the responses of the DHS, they're, they're not even 
DHS doesn't even seem like they 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 read anything. They put a they put a blanket sort of a statement back to the immigration judge. So our hope is that an immigration judge looks at the facts, looks at the merits of the case, reads the law, and makes his determination. And if they still rule against us, you know, we'll we'll think about we'll we'll figure out whether we're appealing, and we'll take this to the highest court if necessary. Yeah. Uh, why do you think they wanted him out? They know they know he has two American children, right? Three American children. Three American children, children all minors. The, the, the judges. And then he was also. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. The judges are aware of that, I presume, at the time they're making the order to for, to deport him, and they know he's married to an American. It just, I mean, that's why I got so outraged by this case. But then, just wondering, like this, I feel like there's something here which is is not understood or I don't get that a a guy married to an American with American children would get deported like that and, and they would dig in and, and really want to uh, enforce that de- deportation. Do you get, can, can you, do you have any reason? But, but how is this? So, so, I mean, I guess your question, I'm going to answer the question, you know, you heard about the lady in Arizona who had, who had two little children. Um, and this was before even all the, all the news articles for Roberto came out. There was, she had two minor children and she walked into her um, yearly immigration immigration scheduled meeting and she was immediately detained there was another one in there was another one in baltimore there was what there was a girl in atlanta wait wait what happened what, what, what happened to the woman in arizona she was detained and then what she was removed quite quickly within a day and who were the kids I believe it. So, I mean, I, it's not a case that I have been following still, but it was reported by, you know, New York Times, Wall Street Journal when it all happened. Um, but you don't know what I do, believe. Do you, do you know if the kids went with I, or not? I don't know what happened to those kids. I believe the kids are still in the United States and Arizona, but I couldn't yeah, 100% that, tell you that's that. A, that's a key fact, uh, I think. You know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm not, I'm not doubting anything. I just, it, it just seems like such where the a... Kids, where, where the kids are currently or where the kids were when she was picked up? No, it, it seems to me that we're all human beings, that, that someone who's separating a parent from a child, especially a parent who's married to an American from American children, that somebody along the way understands that this is a very, very almost inhumane thing to do and that, that there would be something that in their mind would say, well, no, this is warranted because of the following. Mm-hmm. Or another alternative is that there's just, you know, just heartless, sadistic bastards. Uh, <laughs> one, no, one after another at, at immigration. And, you know, I, I'm ready to believe that, too. But I, I, that, I just don't I just don't understand this case. It just seems crazy that somebody married to an American with American children is ripped from his children unless the understanding is, listen, you got to go back and you got to do this right. And it's going to take you a couple months. But everybody kind of knows in the end he's going to be everything's going to be fine. But if, is their intention really that his, his children can't see him again? Is that, is that really what they they want to accomplish? It's horrible if it's true. That's all. I mean, they, they, in their mind, it's not necessarily, I mean, I don't, I can't tell you exactly what immigration officials are thinking currently, and I, and I don't know if they're, they're likely just following orders. I mean, in all likelihood, I have friends that, I mean, I, I have a very great friend that works for ICE, um, but 
you know, in the end, they're they're doing what they're told to do. Right. Um, and with people like Roberto, you know, he didn't after he was detained. So he was detained on February 6th and deported um, end of March. Um, I don't have the exact date in front of me, but so when he was during that time frame, you know, I mean, what's been the most hum, inhumane part about this is, you know, I've been there since he was detained and I've been trying to obtain attorneys everywhere. So he was detained in Indianapolis and then he was moved to Brazil, Indiana. After there was overcrowding there, he was moved up to Kenosha, Wisconsin. He was there for a majority of the time, then he was moved to Kankakee, Illinois. From there he was only for he was there for twenty four hours. Then he was moved to New Orleans for twenty four hours. Then he was moved to New Mexico for twenty four to forty eight hours. Then he was moved to Tech West Texas for twenty four to forty eight hours. And then in the middle of the night they drove him they seemed to drive him really quickly to Otero and then drop him off right at, uh, at the middle of the border. He described it to me that every single one of these flights, and, and bear in mind, he has no criminal background history. He's, he's, he's right next to hardened criminals, and he has related it to me like that movie Con Air, you know, where he's just sitting there and, you know, shackles around his feet and ankles, and he's being treated worse than, you know, most citizens treat their dogs and most you know people it's it's really inhumane what's going on i mean if and if you sort of hear further stories of how the treatment was during sort of these two months that he was detained in the united states i think you'll start understanding exactly that people are just being told that these anybody with a prior final order of removal just Pick them up and get them out. Doesn't matter if they have an American citizen. Doesn't matter if they have American citizen children. It doesn't matter if they employ 20 U.S. citizens like Roberto. You know, you're taking, you're potentially destroying 20 U.S. citizens' jobs. So, I mean, when you look at all the factors, I don't understand it either. Has anybody been able to bring this to President Trump's attention? I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure he's seen it. It's, you know, it's gotten coverage in the Wall Street Journal. It's gotten coverage in the Washington Post. It's gotten coverage, uh, you know, I was on CNN a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Wall Street Journal has done two or three different articles on the night that uh, Gorsuch was brought into the, was, you know, remember the nuclear option with Gorsuch and, and that was the same night that there was um you know, President Trump launched a missile attack into Syria. On that same night, the highest read article on the Wall Street Journal was about Roberto Beristain over those. So do I think he's, uh, you know, heard about it? Yes, I do. Has anybody been able to you know, directly talk to him? No. Uh, can, can I ask, sorry, can I ask I you? If, if, anybody, if anybody could be asked, to get a chance to, to ask him ask him the question that one of the correspondents uh, they ask him so many dumb questions. Why don't they ask him this question? Yeah. Can I ask you something? Do you, do, do you think that um, the media is the way the media cover it? Um, because they're focusing on his wife voted for Trump. Now he's getting deported rather than what Norm's uh, mentioned. They separating a family from each other, which can be more selling to uh, and, and getting right to the point. Uh, do you think that, that, that that's important? Do you like the way the media so covered I, it? I completely... 
so you, I mean, and I'm just trying to understand your question a little bit more, is it's of your opinion that there may have been more coverage if we got to the heart of this issue and not sort of the... Yeah, it, it know, seems like the, they, they wanted to... Supported. Exactly. They, they kind of want to just like, oh, she voted for Trump, now her husband is, uh, you know, deported. It's not, it's not, it's not about, it's another election story, you know, another, another Trump story rather than... This guy that's been working for 20 years, have so many uh, employees, have kids, and he's getting deported the way he's getting deported. Do you think that would... Uh, so, you know, you know, I would, um, I would say the exact opposite. I'm not sure if it, got, if it would have gotten so much attention if she hadn't said she supported uh, Donald Trump. Mm. I mean, quite honestly, people love the juxtaposition with this. People love the fact that... Everybody is everybody is attacking her from the left and the right. Some of the most hateful messages that she was getting were coming from, you know, we started getting letters saying, you deserve to die. This is what you deserve for voting for him. You know, we're going to burn down your restaurant, and this is what you deserve for, for you know, agreeing to someone like this as president. I mean, I think, I think the media goes for what's, what's hot, and I don't know... Your and and I can't tell you. I mean, we, if we were going to trace this all back a couple of months from now, um, maybe it would have been different. But maybe we'd be in. Maybe there'd be more coverage, or maybe there'd be less. I think you, you and me, could just answer that equally different. They got they got violent threats from Trump opposers as opposed to supporters. Correct. Both on both sides of this. Well, you're saying you, so you, 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 this is what you get. This is what you, you're getting. What you deserve for vo- for for voting for Trump. Those are people who hate Trump, who are threatening to burn down their yeah, yeah, that that from the sort of the left, you know, the left side of this, and and from the right side of it, you know, the, the hardened the hardened conservatives are just. You know, you you deserve to die because you've oh, you married an illegal immigrant anyway. You know, you're an illegal. You get out of our country. Keep our country the way it is. You know, it's been it's been a whirlwind just because she's caught in the middle of this, and and this whole entire family is caught in the middle of this huge political debate about whether what's going on is right or wrong. And the biggest scapegoat is this family. I ha- have the children been able to go visit their father? Yes, recently. Right. It seems to me that I, if I was if I was uh, in charge of this thing, I would try to get some White House correspondent when they get a chance to ask a question in one of these news conferences, say, President Trump, you said you were not, or ask Sean Spicer even, you said you were not going to be breaking up families. So uh, this man, I forget his name now, uh, has been stripped from his American citizen wife and American children. What do you got to say about that? You know, somebody put them on the defense. Hey, hey, do you know, if you know any White House correspondents that want to ask the question, I'm more than happy to talk to them. I'm more than happy to talk with both of you at the no, same like, time. Maybe you should reach out. You, you can get a list of them. Maybe you should reach out to them and find someone who is moved by your case because this is really a serious... It's A, it's a serious uh, case in its own right just in terms of a human being being treated in a way that we believe he shouldn't be treated. But B, it's a... It's a a, uh, it's not symbolic is not the word I'm looking for. It's a microcosm of the entire Trump immigration policy, the entire immigration debate. Every I minute, mean, it's a it's a it's a wonderful uh, single incident which illustrates the entire 
thing that America is dealing with now. So you would think that a reporter would look for that kind of example in, to use to couch a question because it's, it's very uh, everybody can identify with it. Rather than asking some esoteric question about immigration, they can put a, a, a name on it and a face on it. And I think that depending on how he answers it, you could get you could see things moving in your direction. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very it's a good it's a very good idea. I mean, it's not it's something that needs to be asked. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. It, even if the question is asked, do you think it'd be answered? I, who knows? But but I would I would look to be putting the listen it it i'm always so scared about this there's something not scared but i just in the back of my mind like is there something else here that i'm just not getting but presuming everything is is as outrageous as is being presented and laid on the table um i think that uh that there would be a groundswell of support for this guy if if uh if it if it caught the public's attention and Sean Spicer is no, I, and, and, and I, I so so I agree with you. I agree with you that there there would potentially the idea was always you know hopefully we can get a ground well groundswell of support. But everyone focuses on the fact that you know she did vote for President Donald Trump. She did, and so because of that, we're getting we're getting mixed reactions. There's people that are very much supportive. There's people, and there's a lot of people that don't. If you go out, if you go and start reading, I mean, there's a ton of articles. If you just Google Beristain, you know, go to every single one of those comment sections and start reading them. I mean, I don't think I've read stuff as hurtful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and with re, and with regard to, you know, your your first question was maybe you know maybe you're not understanding you know whether you're missing something or not. I don't think you are missing anything. Yeah. I mean, no, it was, no, you were asking the question. Yes, correct? yes. Yes. So I mean, no. You went. You went to law school, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not an immigration attorney, and I've poured through these with ten to fifteen different immigration attorneys. We've we've talked to people around the country. There's congressmen that are very supportive. The mayor of South Bend, uh, Peter Buttigieg, who ran for the DNC chair. We've all and and we've had so much media attention by this that. Somebody would have found something by now. Yeah, yeah. This guy, is—it's is, he's considered in everyone's account of it. He's probably the most lovable guy anybody will meet. I mean, the, his customers always describe him as always smiling. Customers always describe him as sort of the sweetest guy, the guy that's always going to do like the extra effort to make sure that your meal is amazing, to make sure that his staff is amazing, and that you're taken care of. There's no one that I've talked to that has had an ill word towards this guy and if I and if I find that person I would like to talk no, with them yeah. and if and somebody that's, finds something, that's not that's not even what I meant I, I don't I don't I don't have any feeling that this guy is anything but a good dad and a good boss I just meant in the whole legal story like for instance there was a little thing I don't think I don't think it, it rises to the level of changing anybody's mind but for instance that he that he signed a voluntary deportation order I don't think that was in the Wall Street Journal and that clouds it a little bit, you know, it's, it's 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 a little bit different than not having signed a voluntary. Yeah, but that was that was also and and, and no, no, so, you know so, that was the first point. No, so, so my my boys, I'm not I'm not I'm not hanging anything on that. I'm just saying if there's some fact which is even a little bit more, I'm just listen. I'm not a. I I, I, I want to say again, I was so outraged by this thing. I actually emailed. 
Dana Perino and Greg Gutfeld, the people that I know at, uh, at Fox, and and I wrote a pretty impassioned email saying, "Will you cover this on the store on the five tomorrow?" And the truth is, I think they were thinking about actually doing it, but then we bombed Syria in the middle of the night. That was the night. And oh, I, blame Syria on this. Yeah. Too. And, yeah. I, and I emailed <laughs> and I emailed uh, uh, one of them. I said, "I guess I guess uh, you've got other things to talk about," and they're they like, "Yeah." But up until then, they hadn't they hadn't thought it was ridiculous, and so I was really trying to get some attention to it. I was very moved. No, I, hey, I I I I agree with you. The next morning, I was supposed to go on CNN Live uh, with what Poppy and um, that other guy. Um, but you know, it was it there was there was other things. There was the Supreme Court with Gorsuch, and there was the bombing of Syria. So it fell by the wayside. Um, and it's not to say that there isn't, you know, there's, there is more potentially coming out there, but we have, we have a very strong case pending in New York and we're, we're giving it a chance. We're making sure that nothing is going to prejudice that where I'm going out there and talking to, in the, to you two. I'm so happy that you, you know, you found this story and that you both seem to be, you know, very, very passionate about it. Um, yeah. And I really wish there was more people like you two that have become passionate about it. Um, We have like two more you, friends. You, 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 have, you're, you have a relationship with, with some of these reporters at the journal, correct? Who, who wrote the story? Like you can get them on the phone or email. You should really ask them sure. if, who they can refer you to, because Fox is owned by uh, the Wall Street Journal, both both of them are News Corp, I think. Ask them who you can speak to to try to get on one of these shows, Tucker Carlson show or whoever the shows are now, because I just think you need to be be playing the media on this. This is a heartbreaking Absolutely. story, and people, even people who are, are for the wall and against immigration, will be moved by an American. By an American family being stripped of their father, that's that's not what people want to see happen. Even people who are hardline in immigration. So I just feel like you just keep pounding the pavement and get get somebody to put you on the air again. Yeah, and 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 another thing, we've been trying me and Stephen to get a lot of the reporters that covered that story. They don't even want to talk about it anymore. Like you know, what I'm saying like they're not being pushed. I I feel like there's more people that should um, try to cover that story. And again, in my opinion, I think you got enough. You know, attention by the Trump thing, but now it's going away. Uh, from you know, everybody's focusing, like I said, about who voted for this. You deserve this, and and they forgetting the main thing, you know, which is um, uh, that the the family. So, so I I agree with you too. I you know I I I, I do. I, I went to middle is, school, by the way. You know, sorry, say that again. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, it's. It's a question in my mind. Okay, we we went we went to several different media outlets. We we went on we've done several different things and, and he was still removed from this country. Right now it sounds like when I started this process it was more of okay, we need to get our legislature to step up and somebody within Congress to to really to do something about this. Somebody within our Senate to do something about this. Somebody to stand up and say this isn't right. Somebody to stand up and say you can't just remove families like this. You can't just tear them apart. But quite honestly, I wasn't getting a lot of luck. And that's that's when we went back to the legal route and I started I started providing this case to I provided it to maybe 80 to 90 different attorneys around the country and we finally we found an attorney that was like, "Hey, they messed up." 
Uh, and, and maybe, maybe, I'm sorry, we're, we're, we're out of time, but maybe our producer, Steve, can't you help them? Maybe you could help them. I can hook you up with a couple people. Yeah, I know, I, I know, I know we do. Yeah, we do have guests well, here let, that let came. Say, yeah. I do know a couple people who are in the uh, White House press corps who might be able to, uh, to help out. Let's see what we can and, do. And that's... Yeah, and let me let me just add one one small bet. You know, it's this family's gone through a lot. This family is, is has been uprooted. They're out of the country, so it's, there are people very interested. I get emails and calls every single day, but people aren't interested in in me telling the story. And we I need people like you to go out there and tell the story too. And it, and the fact that Roberto's gone, he's in Mexico, so he's not going to be sitting down for an interview. And then Helen's, you know. With him, she's distraught. So we're not having people want to sit down with those two, but that's not a possibility. Yeah, we can get him. Um, can we get him to um, to be um, a guest via Skype or anything? Can we maybe contact in a week? him? I mean, we're maybe we're maybe in a week. But like you know, like I was sort of explaining, you know, we're doing absolutely everything we can, and also at the same time trying to make sure nothing ever prejudices this case. We don't want we don't want something that and there really is nothing. But you don't really. I mean, you know, this going to law school, you don't really talk about a case while it's ongoing. If you're the client, the attorneys go talk about it. I have a quick question. How old is their oldest child? Nine. Um, fifteen. The youngest one is nine. Correct. Correct. She might have just turned. She might have just actually had a birthday. Okay. So, so yeah, I think uh, my, my last point before we, we gotta go is, um, you know, I think if we can get him to share his message uh, personally and maybe tape something for him, that will go a long way. And the other thing is, like, I think we should, um, and and this is a problem with us, uh, you know, me being an immigrant and all that. Is like we focus in one case at a time. I think it should be a movement, maybe named after him or something. You know, that whoever have kids in this country should be treated and, and and that will get more attention than just an individual case um that's uh, my opinion is there any links or anything that people can go uh, help or uh, visit to for your kids? yeah there's there's actually so there's a gofundme page if you go to gofundme mm-hmm. and google roberto Beristain, um i believe the back is gofundme backslash uh bring back roberto you know there's not a lot of support around it we would love more support you know we have to realize that this family is is You know, they, they lost their made breadwinner. They're, they, Roberto's trying to figure out how to pay a mortgage on a house in America from Mexico. I mean, that's a country that he's not allowed in right now. I mean, he's worried about his kid, you know. So, you know, I encourage you, I encourage your listeners, go to the GoFundMe page. Think of these people as, as people, you know. They're not, they're not illegal. They're not undocumented. They're not a Trump supporter. They're not a Hillary supporter. They're people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. And as I said, if we can uh, also, you know, get another interview with uh, with him, will be great. And uh, me and Stephen Roy can send you some. Uh, we have his landline number. Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, because we have a couple of guests here that were immigration lawyers, and I'm sure that they can do something about it as well. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great thank time. You. Bye. Hi, Steven. That's crazy. Come on, you want to make a difference in the world? <laughs> I'm serious. This is this is whatever it is is falling into our laps. This is a real thing. I think it's I think it can be won because 
it's not defensible. Can I ask a devil's advocate question? There we go. Okay. All right. Uh, from the point of view of a layman who is who would be sympathetic to uh, the situation, what if this person was to say, look, not every person who is rounded up and deported is a person in good standing in their community who is married to an American and has American children and owns their own business and who is basically an example of the American dream come true. Not every person who is deported fits that description. Probably not uh, the majority of people. The majority of people, again, from this point of view, the majority of people who are deported are the bad hombres. They're the people who are breaking the law. They're people who uh, for whatever reason shouldn't be here. And if innocent people or people who don't deserve to be deported get washed up in that, then them's them's the rules. And how like, you know, what are we going to do? I mean, that that's the way the system works. No, I I I I don't think that's the way the system works. This is how you know that the question was bad when the answer takes like a worst. second. <laughs> well, that wasn't really an answer. And when you said bad at home, bro. No, I want to ask it's, you something. I mean, you want me to answer? The answer is that, that um, the, the, the answer is that no. what we said before, that when you're married to an American, it's pro forma. First of all, the, the law, as the president said, and it was the case before, and the, the law is reluctant to break up families. I mean, that's why... We have the exception for being married to an American because we want, we respect the family unit. Now, this is a, a, a more extreme case. You have a family unit with American children. It's a no-brainer, and, and he even acknowledged that. Acknowledged that it's a no-brainer. You, you, you always get approved when you have an American family mm-hmm. and you're married. So the whole thing is just hinging on what he's uh, representing is a technicality. And most judges and most people who care about the law don't like to see things hinge on a technicality. And usually they don't. That's one of the reasons that I was so shocked by this is because in my experience in law school, I found that usually the law did bend to the, to the, to the right outcome. Yeah. Judges would find some way, some exception, some new doctrine that they would come up with to avoid an inhumane or, or, or a callously unfair decision. And what we have here seems to be a, an inhumane and callously unfair, highly technical decision. So I have and two qu- it's also, and politically damaging potentially to the president. So from every angle, like how awesome would Trump look if he said, listen, I said we're not, this is an American, this is not what I meant. I mean, he would, he, he'd look great, right? It'd be great for him politically to, to, right. to intervene for this poor family because no one you're not going to lose any support so let me ask you something uh, it, it has nothing to do with yeah. with this case specifically but what would you do what would be the answer to business marriages like we all know that there's a lot of you what know, would the answer to what business marriages like a lot of Front a lot of people uh, you know pay someone money and marry them you know well there's nothing you can do about it but it's actually it's funny because yeah. when, when I was when I was going back and forth about uh, gay marriage um, I uh, I um I wondered. Well, I wasn't. I was. I wondered if you I, I wondered, like, one. Does this mean that? I wondered cynically <laughs> if this was going to open up a whole new avenue for 
false marriages for immigration purposes. No, this is, the gays have been getting people. married with women this uh, is, uh, for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, now it's like so easy. Like, oh, this is my no. roommate anyway. Like, come on, let's just get married. Let me, so no, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The pictures. Hatem Licks moment. Hatem Licks moment. The lesbian marriage has been going very hard like all two girls every two girls that friends and they want to do paperwork they will get married as lesbians they are yeah yeah that's what i that's what i figured men it's ca- still kind of like because he's still like if you're from the middle east not everybody's but, arabic hot the other other people yeah. are not, don't, 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 don't care so i have another question for you a long time ago you mentioned something that was very interesting and i was thinking about it today you said that, that if you i mentioned something interesting go ahead <laughs> Exactly what I meant. <laughs> so anyway, you said that if if uh, if you live somewhere and the law and they don't enforce the law for a long time, you actually have a ground by law to win a case because it hasn't been enforced on you for a, lo- for a while. Remember that? Uh, it's usually no. It's, it's more when um, a person has not has. Uh, it's, it's. I don't think that's what I said. For instance, like if I if I constantly. Uh, doing something on my neighbor's property and he and he known about it and he says hello to me while I do it and he never care whatever and then and then I spend money and whatever and then 20 years later he complains about it he would be a stopped it's called ESTOP no no you said something about specifically that you said that you know we were talking about immigration and he said uh, the green card I think it was the immigration episode and he said if they, if, if they didn't ask you to do something for a long time they didn't ask you to do certain paperwork for a certain time for 20 years you assume that you don't have to do it and then after 20 years you do it then is there any ground for that? Uh, I don't know about a legal doctrine like that but I, I but there is a, the moral doctrine I mean I, that that uh, these the whole illegal immigration issue to me and I and I'm not you know I I'm on both sides of this issue in terms of how I feel depending on different circumstance. But the fact that these people have been basically been told for 20 years with a wink of an eye, it's fine. We, we, we're sanctuary cities. You come. We, 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 we don't enforce anything. We don't, and, and then all of a sudden to allow a whole community to come in here, build itself, set down roots, and then just to rip them out as if we weren't complicit yeah. in their decision and their, and leading them into a false sense of security that we actually want that's them the, here. That's what you say, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that people would find that, I, I, there's something wrong with that. Now, I don't know of a legal doctrine that allows it. I believe they, they can do that. But I, don't, I think most people, I think most people really just want to, that's why I think this opposition to the border wall and everything it's, it's kind of a mistake Yeah. because if they would secure that border one way or another I think you would see people relaxing about the immigrants that are already here if they just want to know okay it's really because everybody my age and around remembers 1986 when they gave amnesty and they promised us we're going to give amnesty but this is never going to happen again mm-hmm. and it happened again three tri- triple you know and of, and of course there is and I think you'll agree with this there is something difficult to defend about various people around the world filling out forms submitting them to the embassy waiting patiently and legally perhaps years mm-hmm. to get legal entry into the country well, someone else just walks across the border and doesn't go home. That's that's I mean, most people understand that that's not fair, and it's not 
you, you can be sympathetic as you want to to undocumented illegal aliens, whatever you want to call them, but that doesn't seem right, does it? If someone have to go through the border and sacrifice their lives and all this, something is pushing them, something hard. So I think it's it's part of, uh, you know, yeah, I understand that you can, first of all, it's not... a lot of money to be made here. That's not, I mean... Yeah, of course. Yeah, and so they, dude, they yeah, the li- something pushing them, I get it. But you know that, you know how many people, you can, you can take in two billion people in America in a wink of an eye based on need. Yeah. I get it that people, people are desperate all over the world. But why should the people who happen to live near the Mexican border get be able to get first online? You know, I have a friend of mine that uh, came through the border. Yeah. And then this is how dumb he is, just to remember that. And when he decided to leave, he went back through the border. <laughs> and instead of flying back, did you know that? So I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So he's like, I was like, you know, you can fly. They're not going to deport you. So anyway, we're going to go now to story number two with... Terrifia. Uh she's uh she worked as a linguist for the Department of Defense worked in Afghanistan. I'm a nobody. <laughs> Say slowly worked as a translator. Translator. Linguist. Remember? Linguist. It's a little more bougie. In, uh, the depo- yeah. You remember she did three tours in Afghanistan, right? Yeah. She's originally right. from Afghan and we talked about that. Uh, yeah. There's two things, uh, you know, that relate to this episode, which is one, you said that there's a lot of uh, translator with denied uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my asylum. God. By, by the hundreds, if anything. And these are local Afghan um, civilians who oh, that's why. decided to work with um, U.S. and NATO forces because the American-born linguists wouldn't go to such dangerous areas. They refused to do so. So instead, our company would go and recruit these locals. And obviously, the currency exchange, like... I think they were getting paid like 800 US dollars a month and they were in like the shittiest places like where it's just you're walking in minefields and everything and these a lot of these guys did I would say 5 to 10 years throughout from 2001 all the way up until right now and a lot of them can't even return to their home villages and they're on some type of a waiting list to come to the United States and they're also willing to join the US army and they still can't, you know, a lot of them aren't able to can't successfully come here. No, they can't get asylum. And these are people who have developed such strong rapport with, like, special forces, like the regular army, the Marine Corps. And it's, it's, it's and, not. And it's, they're in jeopardy if they stay there because they cooperate. Oh, they already are. Like, they, their families get death threats. They themselves cannot return back to their homes where a lot of the times they'll have like a wife and children and they have to relocate them to a different part of Afghanistan. But then again, going back, Afghanistan is smaller than the state of Texas and everybody knows everybody. So, you know, if somebody wants to find you, they're going to find you. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah. And then you have your friend story that oh just, uh, he's God. also getting deported. I uh, just find that charming to have Afghanistan. like, oh, everybody knows everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they do. Like it's crazy. They get smaller. <laughs> it's like Great Neck. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's crazy. My what, office is actually what, in Great what's Neck. What's a typical like Afghani name? Um, guy or girl? Like, Muhammad. Goldberg. What would you Shocking. Yeah. Shah. That's my brother's name. Or Shah. Habib. He's actually oh, sitting behind you From Broadway That's, yeah. yeah But um, it's You know it's, it's crazy Because you can risk your life You know To You know Defend a country Its armed forces And still be put on A waiting list but on While other- you're subject to, to death 
death threats and possibly even death. On the other hand, didn't you? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah. Didn't they know that? when they take the job and it was a job because they got paid for it or yeah. was the intention eventually is to come here okay is so that, was that part of the contract th the thing is we're talking about a country where before the united states um came in there people were starving to death people were going to iran to to go work and pakistan where they were subject to like so much make, abuse like iran is the salvation <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean it's a well, country so <laughs> had to go I, to iran. it's like basically afghans were like the mexicans in iran i mean yeah it's pretty much the truth and in pakistan uh, most afghans they actually i think human rights watch um, and amnesty international did some articles on how afghans also get beat um, even murdered by Pakistani uh, official government officials like the police and it's dangerous for them to go there but they don't have a choice so when you're getting offered 800 US dollars a month that's more than a doctor would make so they're not thinking at that point oh my life is going to they're thinking like I have to make this money to you know support an entire household which often consists of 20 plus people average because that's just how the and $800 probably gets you really far it, it really know. yeah but again my point is you know it's a job offer so if somebody tell you you're gonna be a firefighter you can't be like oh I'm yeah like, but when no. you're desperate you're gonna take anything no I understand that I'm, I'm not they, I'm, I'm, sure, a, I'm the same time I'm know. sure they obviously know the consequences attached yeah. to it I just think that because uh, the Afghans have a lot of hope, <laughs> they always have that like, okay, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm sure in their head, and based light on- Light and tunnel? I don't know if that's a good- <laughs> Light at no. the end of the tunnel. No, you didn't get that. No, not. <laughs> Nothing in that <laughs> one. No, literally, you can tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, why? Hey, he, he invited <laughs> me here, so I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him, but no, so the thing is, is, you know, they're very like, you know- they, they look forward to like, okay, you know what? Let me just put in some time. Let me make some contacts, develop some rapport. And maybe, you know, I could make it to the United States and then possibly sponsor mm -hmm. my family over. But there have been successful cases with lots of Afghan nationals who were linguists who did get, you know, pushed through and their paperwork did get expedited. But then again, they also, I, I forgot who did a documentary on it where a lot of them have been left behind. Yeah. So do you want to share the story of your friend? That, yeah, yeah, I was just getting a lot of anxiety earlier when we were on that phone call because the story sounds, um, you know, pretty much similar. So my business partner, actually, um, I'm not going to say his name only because, you know, it's still mm -hmm. ongoing. And here everything. in New York. Yeah, Habib. here in New York. Habib. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah, so he came here at the age of four with his mother and they entered the country illegally. They were fleeing the war in Afghanistan between the Soviets so they entered the United States um, and I think at the age of seven he had um, he had been ordered deported along with his mother so they ignored that and he continued to live in Long Island he went to elementary school he went to high school and then one day at the age of 18 he got pulled over routine traffic stop and the police officer saw that he had an outstanding warrant through ICE so that's when they had picked him up initially the first time and um, I think he did about, uh, I don't know exactly how much time, but he was detained um, in an immigration detention center. And when he came out, 
unfortunately he got involved into a uh, accident where two people ended up losing their lives so he was charged and pled guilty to vehicular manslaughter he did seven years of his life uh, he served and in november of 2015 he was released um, I think Rikers Island didn't, they don't honor um, ICE detainers only because New York City is like a sanctuary city. So from November 2015 up until two weeks ago, he has been working. He has passed every single drug test. He's reported to his parole officer. He has not got in trouble. He takes care of his mother and his sister. He's like the head of the household. And recently in um, January, you know, we had the opportunity to uh, work together. I was doing a website, you know, for him. And then we ended up going into business together. And I actually got the chance to know him on a very personal basis. And that's when, you know, tragedy struck. I know it sounds like suspenseful. It's, fine. it's, a, it's a little sad, but he... His sister actually called me at seven in the morning and she said she was shaken. She was like, oh, my God, Terry, like people started banging on the door. It was four police officers with vests. And she called up her brother who was at work and he works, you know, the night shift. And um, when she had called him up, he did the right thing. He contacted his parole officer because he is on parole. And his parole officer informed him like, oh, you didn't tell us your exact work time. You need to come in tomorrow and you're going to get yelled at. So he did the right thing. And he actually called me and said, hey, Terry, listen, can you give me the um, what is it? The corporate book? Because, you know, we registered through our accountants. So he's we're both technically partners on paper. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Just make sure you bring it back. Because he was trying to show his parole officer, like, listen, I haven't been in any trouble. I'm trying to move on with my life. I did my time. You know, whatever happened was not intentional. It was an accident. I just want to live my life in peace. So he went there to show them, like, listen, I'm being productive. Look at all the stuff that I'm doing. And as soon as he walked in, they said, put your hands up. You know, drop everything. Put your hands behind your back. And... They handcuffed him, and that's when they Who's said they? Um, the parole of uh, uh -huh. the parole officers, and they said, "Yeah, ICE is coming to pick you up," which is you know immigration. So yeah. that's when that day I'll never forget. His mother and sister called me, and they were just hysterical. They were screaming. So they want to deport him for for what? Exactly? Okay, because under Trump's new administration, um, their first priority is illegal criminal aliens basically so anybody with but it's it's not a criminal well he is considered a criminal alien because number one he doesn't have any paperwork and number two because of the seven years that that he did for the vehicular Kill manslaughter somebody. but vehicular is, but, but it's also an this, accident it shouldn't well, well this is my you know, i looked it up it's not defined no, as so, a, so this is the problem that right? i've been having i w i contacted you know, we've been talking to plenty of lawyers and I came across an article on the Washington Post where there was a similar story and the director of Homeland Security, I forget her name, it's something Saldana, she stated that even if somebody were convicted of vehicular homicide, that it does not constitute as a crime of violence or an aggravated felony. So when, um, you know, they, they actually, the family just... Um, you know, retained a immigration lawyer from 
New Jersey uh, because that's where he's being held in Hudson County Ice Detention Center. And I asked her the question today because I had emailed her the article because when you have an aggravated felony as a criminal alien, all reliefs automatically, uh, you, you don't get those type of reliefs that a non-criminal alien would get. So my question to her was, does a vehicular manslaughter, is, is does that fall under an aggravated felony? Because what I've been reading is that anything over one year counts as a serious crime. So I guess under immigration law, there's different classifications for, does for it felonies. Does it? He will know. I, we, we, well, I, I think, no, nobody knows because I don't, I don't think this is delineated in any thing. I think they're winging this, but somebody loses their life. On the face of it, that's that's a serious crime, mm-hmm. and it is a crime if you went to jail for it. It's not an act, it's not an accident. Uh, at least it's not an accident where the where the circumstances are such that we don't feel somebody should be punished. Um, it's either I don't know. It's, uh, something, it was something. If he's seven years in jail, it was a criminal. Yeah, there's something. It was, well, it was because he wasn't a citizen. No, he didn't go to jail because he wasn't. A citizen. No, no, no. For, for that amount of time because there's a lot of people who are citizens who accidentally kill people normally and, when you when you kill and they don't do seven years right. normally if you have a, if, if you have a car accident and somebody's killed you don't normally go to jail you yeah. do not no you do not if you're drinking if you're speeding oh, and not just regular speeding but speeding, re- speeding. recklessly yeah. speeding you know there's all you because you know somebody can run down the street and you kill somebody mm-hmm. um, but if you're texting I think somebody went to jail recently for an accident with texting. I mean, there has to be something about it which which the law feels makes you deserve. Was he? Vote. And that's a long time. Now, I'm not. I'm not trying to dump on this guy. Everybody makes no, mistakes. No, no, whatever of, it is. Of, of, yeah. But, but, um, you know, I, I I just can't say that I don't see how the law could take that as a serious crime. It is a serious crime. We don't know the details. But under immigration law, from what I've been, and I was actually speaking to a lawyer, and I had asked her. I was like, "Can you please verify for me?" does a vehicular manslaughter constitute as an aggravated felony and she couldn't answer my question well, I, don't, I don't think anybody knows that what what well, she's an immigration attorney no, but i don't think there is a law which has defined which crimes are are yes sir, there will, is will warrant deportation and which crimes yes. will no because they they deport they, yeah. deported, they deported this other guy this mexican guy for just didn't do for, for uh paperwork this, yeah for paperwork they because he self-deported according to what he said and then yeah i i haven't seen any list where i, I think it's been i have up, online very so. up in the air send it to us very yeah. up in the air about which crimes yeah. would be considered for deportation but what was the circumstances behind this this car accident why what, what did he do that they put him in jail he uh, he he was um, speeding. He had a Range Rover. He passed the red light. He just slammed right into. He's speeding a, and ran a red light. Yeah. And was he was he drinking or on? He was drinking. He was drinking. I'm sure yes. he was. You, yeah, yeah. No, it was so, DUI. So listen, I mean, as a, as a as a dad. Yeah. It, don't try to tell me that the guy who's drinking behind the wheel and kills my daughter is not guilty of a, of a very serious crime. Yeah. It's a really serious crime. Now. Yep. And and people do these things again. I mean, I I, I hope you don't take this wrong. I don't, no, I don't know this guy. I'm just of saying, course not. let's not dump. I wasn't on, looking on, for for yeah. sympathy. Like, no, no. I, I, I just mean I want to I want to be able to say my honest opinion without no, hurting your feelings because I'm no. sure you care about him. And I don't. I mean, I would if it happened to somebody I cared about, mm-hmm. I would understand. Mm-hmm. I love this guy who did this. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I think you understand what I'm saying, but. <laughs> 
That's a serious thing. Yeah. That's a real. So let me ask you something. Thing. If somebody did their time in jail, does that count as payback for whatever they did and they have the right to have a new start or no? I don't, not, not in terms of immigration. I guess not on the, no, no, uh, anything. Yeah, it does. It, it does if you're an American citizen, but if you're mm-hmm. here illegally, right. uh, I, 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 you could make, I mean, I would make the argument, get them out of here mm-hmm. because, you but, know, that people tend to commit crimes again. So, no, it depends on, you see, it always comes down to this. You know, either we think that immigrants have some kind of right to be here, mm-hmm. and you can make that case, or you say, listen, it's our place to decide who comes and who doesn't, and we get to decide that based on what's best for our country. So do we want to take in people from countries where they're putting gays in concentration camps like Chechnya? Uh, maybe not. Nothing against any Chechenian guy, but you know, like, why would we want that? Do we want to take it? But don't you agree that all these people come here and change because of what we have? I don't want one American innocent to die by some car accident if we already were on notice that this guy might be have a potential to do that. Let him go back and wait in line like everybody else. What you you come here illegally? Then you commit a horrible crime, and then we're supposed to say, well, but no, but you know, no, no, don't, don't send them back. If you have children, I mean, there's many, there's many, there's many things which could be in that story. What I'd say, let them stay. But in general, yeah. like a guy kills somebody, he's here illegal anyway. Get him out of here. But I, I, you know, for me, I think that Let, uh, let's, let's let somebody in with a, with a nice uh, behavior that waited in line that filled out an application. We, well, we wouldn't want nerds here filling up applications and stuff. Who's, no. who's going what, what, what is the 21st century but the century of the nerd? <laughs> but for, this is not what she came here to hear. No, but I think, I think she understands me, actually. No, 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 of course. Like, everybody's entitled to, to their own opinion. Of course, what happened really was horrible. And, you know, he even did programs with Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. That's something that he has to live with for the rest of his life. Right. As far as him being here illegally, he was a minor. He was four years old when he came here that wasn't his decision oh, to come here so my thing uh, is the, another is. problem is with for example the afghan community i know plenty of afghans who have been here um for like 25 years and they don't even have a green card because they're just like oh you know what it's okay like, it's something they want to avoid you know yeah. getting a green card and not only that we in new york especially we don't have adequate resources and stuff for people to be like hey listen you need to take this seriously so it's just a matter of a piece of paper because his sister is an american citizen his younger brother is an american citizen okay. his mother is uh she recently got her green card after well, living in this I, country I, I think of all the things you're listening the fact that he came here through no fault of his own when he's four years old yeah. is a is a pretty mitigating circumstances well I'm, I'm not i mean i mean part of everything i said is is because of he is culpable mm-hmm. i assume that he was culpable in his decision to come here illegally so these are tough cases you know and yeah. a judge, so, let me ask you I, something but I, but I just i just i just object to the ver- this the notion that it's somehow just the presumption should be that we shouldn't that, that people should stay. Do you I think just, immigration is something could be controlled by laws? Honestly? Yeah, of course. How? Of course. I mean, it How is, it is, it is, because... It, How do they control... We always had How? laws and nothing happened. How do they control it in your country? Uh, for our country? Yeah. Which one? Like, like what about all the Gazans <laughs> that want to come into Egypt? The Gazans? Oh, well, you just bomb them. Yeah. <laughs> you, no, no, you, I'm you just... You control it with laws. <laughs> it's not laws. 
Yeah, you put up a, a, a border fence. You see, there we have ISIS. Here you have ICE. Yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing in that one. ICE, a ICE country needs laws. We also need immigrants, and we need the labor. That's what I'm saying. It's it's. Uh, this is exactly my point. This is a nation of immigrant. Who is it? Who have the right to say the next generation can come in? Who has the right to? The, Ameri- the next generation wants to build themselves I'll, I'll tell you exactly who has the right to it. Uh, the American voter gets to decide, and they have decided, and they've been promised, and then something that they, that, listen, no American, maybe today they would, in 1986, if you had taken an election, nobody would have voted for the candidate who promised them what was going to happen over the next 20 years. Yeah. He would have gotten lost in a landslide. It happens on its own. What, 13 million, how many immigrants came in? I mean, whatever the number is. Millions of people come in illegally. And now, the, it was it who should decide? There should be, it, there should, we have a right to want our borders and our laws respected. And we should also try to be humane and be forgiving and, and, and you know, realize that you can't undo what's, some things that have been done somebody gets in, is, is in, integrated into the fabric of our society we may just have to, to to move on but they always try to villainize Americans for saying listen we don't want this we, we, we have a right to to chart our own destiny no other country just opens their border go try to apparently there was a story about people who said they're going to go live in Canada because of Trump and they find that you can't go live in Canada they won't let you yeah no, there is a lot of uh, countries that haven't open borders, but nobody want to go there. No country know? has open borders. You can't go live in Mexico. I bet you. I bet Iran, you. I, don't I, know. Can, I can. I can arrange the visas for you if you want. I don't know Mexican immigration policy, but I suspect <laughs> it's harder to go live in Mexico than it is to come live here. Yeah, it's it's true. But my point is again, you know, second generation, third generation, first generation. You don't have the right. I don't there's think. All, uh, to be honest with you, there's there's ways around all that stuff thank you Mike. like in Canada they send their kids many Chinese families that have money they send their kids to do one semester in in one of the schools and then they can buy real estate so they all buy condos and then now they have a, a legal right to be in Canada I'm sure in Mexico you start a business or even and every country has their right. laws you know? here which too, is much yeah. easier than in America America, if you send your kid here to you buy a condo, it doesn't mean you're, you have any right to live here. But it, it is a nation of immigrants, don't you think? All right. Yes. But how, it's always going to be. It's such a cliche. Yeah, it's such a cliche. You are Republican. I was just thinking. You know. No, I, listen, I'm first generation American, but I, I never. But what are we saying? So do you, do you should, say that have, somebody would have the right to tell you that, that he's changed. not allowed here? Changed. Look what he've done. You know. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about, about his dad. His dad. you said it. Oh, th- oh, you were waiting all day, weren't you, Stephen? I'm saying your dad. He was here if, legally. I know, but I'm saying, like, let's say if he wasn't here legally. Yeah, they can tell look him to go what, home. No, but can I finish? Look what he's done. The things that he changed a lot, you know, the things he created. Who have the right to say, no, he can't be here? We know who has the right. The, uh. the, the United States of America uh, has the right to say that. Listen, if Modi and I... Go take a vacation in China. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then, and then we, we decide to stay. And we open up a little uh, kosher deli. <laughs> and it's successful. <laughs> and the Chinese government gets wind of us. Yeah. They're going to say, 
Get out of here. Go back to America. And nobody's going to say, how could the Chinese not think that you had the right to stay in China? Come on now. That's not the way the world works. We knew the, we knew the rules. We went there. We didn't come back. We just, they say, get the fuck out. We have to get the fuck out. But, but for that scenario, not, there's, there's definitely that. some guy, but there's definitely some guy in some office you can schmear. Part and of that. Thing. Part <laughs> thing. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. About that. And, and then, then you'll have your papers. But I'm saying nobody would in America, consider it. Uh, nobody right. would say we no have the right to like stay there. there's no country like America. No, right. no, there's exactly. no country like America. You can't no. compare communist China, Wonton, you know, to like America. Every yeah, because uh, uh, also every America is an idea. The, it's uh, it's it's dude. Every nation has a right to control its borders. Nobody, no. Like, no I'm not saying don't control your borders. that, but no, nobody's questioning that we want. We need a steady stream of immigrants. Although the immigration we have now has been unprecedented in the last you know 30 years to any to any period in our history, yeah. but hmm. it should be done legally. No, I agree with you, but I think it should, should be. Saying, should anybody be able to show up in Social Security office and give me a Social Security number? No, no questions. Asked. I think I uh, answer me. No questions asked. No, of course. Why does it have to be black and white? No question asked. I think we talked and about what, this and before. What, no, what, my what questions should they ask? I tell you, I tell you, my my immigration solution. I agree with you in citizenship. To become an American, you really have to prove it. But. People can. I think some people can get green cards. Some people can have work permits for a few years. This is a solution, you know. Yeah. You can get social security. I think if you live here, you should have a driver license. You should have Thanks. social security. You can have, you know, you can travel and leave and visit your family, come back. But you're not a citizen. You don't vote. You don't like this. You don't get benefits. There's certain things that you can do. And that but should be open for anybody I, who wants to come in. No, not anybody who wants how, to come in. How do you, how you decide? Well, whoever, whoever gets over across the border. No. Who? Well, first, if you're going to leave the borders like this, then, yeah, whoever gets through the border. But if you're going to secure the border, then you ha- you're going to have to have a, uh, a certain, um, you know, um, number. There's a lot of and things. What, that and what if you come without the number? You got to go back. First of all, if you're already here, you have to fix your situation. If you're coming from outside. How would you put this into writing to the law I think they have that already it's called withholding status like for for example that guy Roberto they were talking about earlier they said his annual ICE check-in well a lot of a lot of uh, aliens um or illegals they have to report to DHS you know annually they get a work permit and they also get a driver's license Mm. so they pay taxes too on top of that and it's just a matter of if you know whatever country they're trying to get deported to is considered safe that they would do that you know when people hear this kind of conversation like half the country says we need to vote for Trump like like the notion that we are reluctant to say of course we should have laws. I we didn't say we, we shouldn't. And we should have a procedure. And, and there should be, we have X number of spots and people don't, you know, we, we, if, if we catch them, we send them back. I mean, we have to have order. That doesn't mean you don't want immigrants. No, I didn't say that. I said either get laws that are actually going to work. No one right here in this room knows more about immigration laws than me and how to beat it, you know, because I've seen it. You know, so all the laws that you have right now doesn't work. Well, that's, what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. We're, that's what... Trump I'm not defending Trump I'm just saying reality is yeah, How Trump, many times I'm not defending Trump Because, because I don't want you To c- confuse what I'm saying That's what people want They want the laws To be changed So they, that they do work And but, that's why They elected him And and you can't Overnight fix it But at least he put okay, Here's where we're going to start Okay now let's figure out How to make this 
better, you know. This part of the show the is, is sponsored by Trump. That he's a no, it's, <laughs> part, it's part, but you know, you're, 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 you're his biggest. Uh, I'm not his biggest, biggest anything. You're, you're the biggest pluck for him on the show tonight because we, we need a change. And he said it. Here's a change. <laughs> I like some stuff he does. I don't like some stuff. But I'm telling you, with immigration, he needs somebody who knows about immigration, which is an immigrant, that, that tell you what's what's going on. He wants to change laws, but he have no clue what to do because yeah, there's so many problems. You know, you need someone who knows, not someone who just say that. Oh, I'm gonna change the law. What what have he done? What what's his idea about changing the laws for immigration? You want to be in charge of INS? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you bucking for a promotion? Anything with three letters, I don't want to be part of. Uh, Alphabet. No, not not at all. But my point is like you know, uh, immig- This is a nation of immigrants overall, uh, and it's again? always going to be. Oh. Oh my Jesus. God. Oh, you know what? I wish we can go back in time. You know, you, 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 Morty, how many generations dude, are you? you? You have you have so much respect for that nation of immigrants thing until the, until the Jews try to say it in Palestine, in which case you're like, get them out of here. Jews. Yeah, we say well, it's a nation of immigrants. We came here. Why can't right. we? Why can't we be here? Did you say Jews well, in Palestine? You I'm said the word Palestine? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying music. <laughs> is, is, can Israel be a nation of immigrants? Can, the oh. Arab, can, can we say to the Arabs, we're a nation of immigrants? Of course you are a nation of immigrants. Just go somewhere else. It doesn't have to be in the Middle, doesn't have to be in the Middle East. <laughs> All of a sudden, that nation of immigrants thing is not so, not so respected, right? Yep. Yeah, but by the way, we're going to have a whole episode for the Holocaust. I didn't forget. I'll you know, because this is very important to me. What Holocaust? About how it didn't happen? We just, we just, we just switched roles the between Holocaust those centers. The Holocaust. Do you still want to do a debate on that, by the way? No, I chickened out. Yeah. And especially now with Ann Coulter. I don't, I don't want to do anything yeah. like that. It, it's ridiculous. It, it's such a, we're living in bad times for free speech. Yeah, Noam floated the idea of uh, doing a debate about whether the Holocaust happened. That's amazing. Yeah. Can it Noam's finally it? coming around. Yeah. I, I, we should do it. I mean, we're going to do it in the show anyway here. I wanted to do it because I I thought that I, I wanted to hear, not that I think the Holocaust didn't happen, because I think that it's good to expose yeah. these arguments. And I want to hear, and I, and I more than exposing the, the problems of the Holocaust deniers' arguments, I want people to hear the arguments of the people who prove the Holocaust. I want, how do we know it's six million people? How do we know what they use, uh, uh, how they killed them? How do we know, you know, all the little details, which we do know. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to give a, a form for that to be presented, but uh, you, you just can't have, I, I didn't feel safe. You didn't feel safe? Yeah. I'm afraid that some somebody crazy is going to do something. Just have me at the door. I know them all. <laughs> if I see them, I'm not going to let them in. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it, it, the one thing before we got to go, uh, uh, you know, why is such an event, history, an event in history, like the Holocaust, have so many people denying it and so many people going like nobody say the it's second world war did not happen like this is that yeah, what? It's not, it's not the people that are denying it aren't um, did you see that movie Denial? No. No. But, uh, he made an argument he made an argument and uh, you know it's a long way to explain what he was trying to do but uh, there's people who you're allowed to say something didn't happen you're allowed to lie you're allowed to lie and then build on your lie. But I mean, how can you deny something in, that happens in history? Like, like I said, World War II, it happened. We know that. There's people living. So how is people saying yes and some people saying no? Why? Is it just because anti-Semitic? They don't want to? I know that... Yes. In, uh, That's the whole reason. Yes. So, uh, so are you saying that a lot of people hate the Jews? 
Listen, the Turks deny the Armenian Holocaust. The Japanese deny what they did to the Koreans. I mean, this is typical. Uh, people, people lie. Some people are in denial of Trump in America. But is it a lie if they believe it? <laughs> no. According to Seinfeld and mm. George Costanza, it's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're going to have a whole episode for the Holocaust anyway. So, really? Uh, when? Huh? When? Planning it. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? A Holocaust episode? Yeah. Count me out. I don't want any Holocaust episode. <laughs> Why? Da-na, What's a downer? We have a professor from Columbia. We gonna have Shindler's list. I was doing Shindler's list. Oh, Shindler's list. Anybody have that list still? Hmm. So, uh, thank you very much for. <laughs> for uh, <laughs> that was a great joke, but nobody knows about it. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Uh, so uh, tell you, I'm sure you are. Are we a nation of immigrants? <laughs> we are. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna finish the show with this. Yeah. How many? You didn't ask me. Uh, uh, you didn't answer me. How many? How many generations you've been here? I was, dad, I was born in Israel. I know you were born I was in Israel. Born in Israel, yeah. Oh, I came so here what are you talking about? So we are a nation of immigrants. Uh, don't compare me to you, but yeah. yeah. You know what's crazy is the tribe that I come from in Afghanistan because they're very tribal. It traces to one of the lost tribes of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. It's I think. not something you'd be proud of. Huh? It's not something. I mean, you know, of. now that I'm thinking of it, there's a reason why Afghanistan can't be conquered and the Pashtuns are like undefeated. It's because they're saying we come from that, you know, tribe. So I want to go and get one of those. What is it? Ancestry.com. I want to see if 23 and me. I did that. Because I'm like you fully, you know, Pashtun from both sides. My mom and my dad are Pashtun. We came to America. We went through all the legal things. We were here for five <laughs> years with the green cards. And then we went, uh, I'll never forget, we went the whole family to. You meet with an officer, and they and, I, and we're sitting there, and we were told, "Don't say anything. We've been living here. Daddy doesn't own these gas stations. We don't. Da, da, da. This is what. This is how it is." And it, was, it wasn't way off. It was like basically he's working for my uncle, even though he owns the state. Whatever it was, and the guy we get there, the guy's name is like is like Sam Bernstein. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my, my daughter's doing uh, an internship on a kibbutz in the Negev. <laughs> and then so now he sees my father. My father's English is awful. And he asks my father, you know, they, they ask you a few questions. This is before it was like a mass. It was individuals before it was, it was like a mass room of people. And he goes, uh, what colors are the flag of America? There's a flag hanging right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's like, oh, this, I know this one. My mom in Hebrew, the, the, the flag is behind them and he goes red white and blue and he goes okay who was the first president George Washington Bridge (laughs) (laughs) Uh, see that difference between an interview for you and an interview for us it will cast also you're talking about 1980 whatever the hell it was you know it was was a different world you've been listening to Live from America um, Nation of Immigrants voluntarily (laughs) oh shit alright Steven do you want to share anything uh, my Twitter and Instagram is at Chinabria, China Bria, B-R-I-A, and follow the comedy seller. Modi? Uh, Modi underscore live on Instagram. <gasps> um, it's T-Phase on Instagram. That's T-P-H-A-Z-3. Z-3? Yeah, okay. so it's like backwards. Debo? Uh, <laughs> at R2 Debo, thank you. You were listening to Live from America podcast. To contact us, please go to www.livefromamericapodcast.com. Brought to you by the Comedy Seller and Rethink Production. 